that the sun is down, it's time for WTMJ at night to kick off the show this evening. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Happy Friday. Welcome. Yes, it is WTMJ at night. First week with the new title. We're doing all right. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. When you call in tonight, you'll be talking to Max. He is back producing this evening. And if you want to text us right out of the box, let's get going. Uh, our text question of the night. Did yesterday's AT&T outage make you reevaluate having a landline? Hmm. I know it did me. Uh, even though I... Now, I was traveling yesterday. So the phone was really... Uh, I needed the phone for my uh, for my ways, for my directions, because I used to travel all over the country before you know I had a smartphone with maps. I could read maps everywhere. Well, now you can't find a map, so I knew about three quarters of the way where I had to be, and then it was that last little part because I was going up to the UP uh, to do a stand-up show, and I had to get to. Uh, Harris, Michigan, somewhere near Escanaba. And I, I knew how to get north, you know, to past Green Bay, but then I was like, ugh. So, like, I didn't mind that I couldn't call anybody. What I minded was this big uh, 5G service that AT&T has been touting forever uh, did, not, did not work. At one point, somewhere in between Milwaukee and Green Bay, I got some sort of network. And I was able, I had kept the ways up there just in case it popped in. I was able to take take a screenshot of the directions to make sure that I could that I had them so I could get there. It it turned out fine, but it was uh, if you didn't. We'll talk about this in a little bit because in just a few minutes we're going to be joined by Justin Garcia. The big the big topic all day today on WTMJ and all throughout uh, Milwaukee has been. The speculation that perhaps Pfizer Forum and Milwaukee are not grand enough to host an NBA All-Star game. And so since Justin hosts not only the pre- and post-game for the Bucks broadcast, but also Bucks Weekly, and he knows what's going on, uh, I asked him if he would join us for a few minutes, and he said he would. So uh, we're going to talk about that and what it means for Milwaukee, and if, if all this is much ado about nothing. If yes, there are some quote-unquote rules in place, but are they really more like suggestions? And what about what Adam Silver said? So Justin will join us to talk about that. Max, were you affected by the uh, AT&T outage yesterday? No, I can't say that I was. I did hear about it, but I, I have AT&T, and I, did not, I was not affected by it. Really? Maybe, maybe you, I just didn't did, notice. Did you get up before noon yesterday? <laughs> Probably not. That's I stay here until <laughs> new, until midnight, so I sleep in. That's quite true. A bit. All right, that makes listen. That makes perfect sense. I was it was shocking, um, but we'll get into all of that. The snow is uh, is just about done in Milwaukee. Thank goodness. Uh, the forecast for were for about two inches of snow. Who knew? As I was driving back from the UP this morning, everything seemed fine. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it, it was cold. I think I'm getting, I'm already getting sick. And I think most of us will be, uh, because it went from, uh, 50 and 60 degrees. Uh, yesterday I got to, I got to the, uh, place I was performing. It was 50 some degrees. Everybody was all excited. I got up this morning, went out to my car. It was 19 degrees. 
like, oh, this is qu- quite a change. But I got out of there before the snow, which was great. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I think Justin is going to join us. We're going to talk about Milwaukee and an all-star game. And uh, can we have one or are we not cool enough for the NBA? We'll get to all of that and so much more. Remember the text question of the night, 855-616-1620. Did yesterday's AT&T outage, unless you were uh, Max, who didn't wasn't affected by it, did it make you reevaluate having a landline? All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ at night. WTMJ at night rolls on after this. Asks. WTMJ at night is back. Yes, we are. It is Brian Noonan, 855-616-1620. is the WTMJ talk and text line. The big story all day is uh, reports coming out that new NBA requirements uh, may mean that there will be no all-star game in Milwaukee, even though, uh, well, the Bucks have applied to try to uh, get the game in 27 or 28. I uh, I know what I've been hearing today, but there's a man who hears more than we will ever know. He hosts Bucks, Bucks pre and post game here on WTMJ as well as Bucks Weekly. Our man Justin Garcia joins us now. Justin, thanks. I know you're uh, busy tonight. First, can I? what happened with the game time tonight? Because it was supposed to be earlier, <laughs> right? Well, it was originally a 7 o'clock game, and... Yeah. Um, I didn't see what else is out there. It was changed last week, right, right. before the break itself. Um, I don't know what else we got late tonight. But, you know, the Timberwolves are are the one seed right now in the West. The Bucks are still the three oh. seed. And, and looking at the rest of the schedule we have out there, unless you, you got Victor Wembanyama and the Lakers, other than that, there's not a whole lot of options for what the national game can be at night. So the okay. Bucks and Timberwolves get bumped up. Perfect. Well, that's that's all right. Uh, now, see, that's that's a good thing. It shows not only are the Timberwolves doing well, but the Bucks are still, you know, they're still a big draw on television. But uh, are they big enough? Is Milwaukee big enough to get the game? We've been hearing stuff all day, Justin. What do you? What's the latest that you've heard about this? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't so. <laughs> Are you surprised? Well, I'll ask you this first. Are you surprised that there's that there's any sort of question about this after what Adam Silver said after the Bucks won the championship that there would be an All Star game here in Milwaukee? So did he actually say there will be, or was there a yeah? They have a pretty good chance because um, the oh, last he said it was quote on the horizon. Okay, well that's pretty close to will be, but the exact verbiage is not they will have one. And that look that horizon. As we know, it's been defeated before, but it could be it's very, true. very much uh, out there. Um, I don't make too much out of it. I think they would basically pass two of the three uh, qualifications for it. When you look at the hotel space, they have that, and they're continuing to add to it. The Baird Center is getting expanded, so that would fit their convention right. um, space as well. It's just the number of flights and the international flights now – um, I'm not a big flyer, so I, I can't uh, bring a whole lot of facts here. I don't know that uh, – <laughs> and look, I, I get that this was recently changed, but I don't know that some of the recent cities fit that either or that they do that on a daily basis. I think it's more of a, look, if you give us the All-Star game, then we can work with Mitchell International and we can get these right. types of flights available. So I think it's more there. Um, but I, I do think and, and get the sense, especially the way they pulled off All-Star Weekend – in uh, Indianapolis over the weekend, 
Um, they were big fans of hosting an event at a football stadium and really packing it in. And I heard okay. from people that were there as well, the ticket prices decreased and there was more actual basketball fans there for All-Star Saturday night. It wasn't uh, the corporate experience as much as you typically see. Yeah. And um, I think you heard that with the fan reaction during the uh, slam dunk contest. Right. And the NBA were big fans of that. The The one issue is you know, the Bucks don't really have that option it's basically just Pfizer forum to host those Correct. events yeah and that lucas oil field is a really nice uh facility so and it, it it does even though it's big it seems very compact all right i do have the quote uh from Uh-oh. adam silver uh it's very likely to happen at some point i can't put a specific year on it but we make a point of coming to new arenas uh some of uh, some of the cities got in line before Pfizer form, but there's no question we will be here with an all-star game. Okay, so... So there's your quote. All right, well, he did uh, then essentially confirm he that... He a promise. Yeah, the first half of that quote was not a confirmation, but the back end was. Yeah, the last sentence is, come on, we will be here. Um, what is it? I mean, we know it's the the hotels. Do we? We don't have. Oh, there's no five star hotels. Uh, but there's a lot of four star hotels, and the stars are very arbitrary anyway. Only the one up in Kohler gets a five star uh, rating from AAA. Um, but everything else, when well, we've we're hosting a convention, a <laughs> national convention. We should be able to host an all star game. Yeah, and uh, look, the the Bucks themselves would be the first to tell you how proud they are of the Trade Hotel as well, and that was built specifically for um, NBA and professional teams. I know the rooms are larger, and um, got a tour of it as well, where you have the shower heads are much I was further up ask, the wall. Are the sinks and everything taller? Because as a guy who's six five, uh, most hotels, my chest is very clean. <laughs> Well, my head not so much. I, I have I got the hotel for you next time you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> well, that would be good. All right. So what's you said? Uh, Milwaukee. The Bucks are still the third three seed. The Timberwolves are the one seed. What are we looking at tonight? And I I don't mean to grab all your pregame show, <laughs> but uh, can you give us a, a little hint of what we can expect tonight? Well, to be honest, I really don't know. I mean, look. You obviously didn't go into the All-Star break the way you would have hoped with those two exactly. losses, and it was kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde week for the Bucks, where it started with a very good win against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you beat them by double digits. It was never really in question, and you follow that up with a tough game against the Miami Heat. I, I think we all kind of put the cart before the horse and saw the players unavailable for Miami. That did make it a, a disappointing result. But it was night two of a back-to-back, and it is a very well-coached team. So you can kind of live with that. It was it was the way you went directly into the break with that loss against the Memphis Grizzlies was one of your worst losses of this first half of the season. And I would expect a much more motivated team. They still don't have Chris Middleton. Um, Doc Rivers had mentioned it, it, it does not appear to be. I know we're going on weeks now, but it does not – appear to be long-term, and even went as far as saying if this was a playoff game, he believed Chris Middleton would play, but they're just being extra cautious with him. Um, But I'm going to be curious to see how this team responds because you got 26 games left. You have the most difficult schedule in the Eastern Conference. You did get a little bit of help last night and potentially even more tonight with the Cavaliers losing last night. They're in a close game right now. It's early. Um, But you got some help there in the standings. You're going to need that help, but you're going to have to play much better in these final 26 games because I don't think 
you can afford to slide down to the four spot in the Eastern okay. Conference. Um, there's a chance you could play Philadelphia in the first round. If that's the case, who knows? Joel Embiid could be back or just returning. If you get through that, your reward is the Boston Celtics in the second round. <laughs> and then if you get through that, you play uh, the other half of the bracket. So to me, it's important you stay where you are and potentially move up to two. I, I think the one seed is kind of out of reach at this point, being nine back in the loss column of Boston. But they also have some new pieces that they're going to be integrating, and, and the biggest one of those is Danilo Gallinari, who they added on the buyout market during the uh, the All-Star break. He has that experience with Doc Rivers, pretty similar to Patrick Beverly. He played with him in Los Angeles with the Clippers, and it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him because he plays the same spot as Bobby Portis, can't really play the five, but he's a very good stretch four, at least in his heyday, and can knock down threes. So I'm going to be curious to see how Doc Rivers uses some of those personnel groupings. If if it means Bobby Portis, now with Robin Lopez gone, becomes your backup center, and huh. and that's how you kind of work things out. But it does give you some more shooting, which this team has had a lot of so far this season. Well, that'll be good. Can I? I know you got a uh, your interview and Doc in just a couple minutes. Let me throw this uh, text question out to you. I don't know if you would put this in the conspiracy column or if it's something you may have heard some scuttlebutt about um from the 262 i've heard reports that these rigid new all-star city requirements are the result of the recent nba players agreement under which the players only want to have this event in the largest tourist destination cities mostly in warm climates could this be a factor um i think you certainly hear a lot of that from the basketball media, similar to when you see the team set for the finals that you'll hear some chirping over, oh man, I, I wish it's Phoenix or Los Angeles or right. San Francisco <laughs> and, and Miami and, and cities I enjoy being in. That is certainly a factor with the media. Uh, I think the biggest part of it with the players is what we kind of tiptoed around before with those flights, international flights, is yeah. um, you know you have guys that are leaving directly from the all-star game LeBron James does it every year. Well, he leaves as soon as that game is done, and you're going to Cancun or somewhere else right. um, for a couple of days before you get back. So I, I think that's really the big thing with uh, players in terms of the city and where they want it. It more has to do with the airports. Now, would they ever consider like O'Hare as part of the Milwaukee flight? You know, it's only an hour away. But that's that's an hour that LeBron could have been already in Cancun. Yeah, I mean that's that's an hour you could have already uh, been in the sky. Um, yeah, I look and and I I know people have started to bring it up as well. I believe the um, the new arena that Steve Ballmer is building the Intuit Dome. I believe that opens this fall. Um, they're going to be a, a very, very big factor in who gets some of the next few All-Star games as well, okay. given how state-of-the-art that arena is going to be, its yeah. proximity to major airports and major cities as well. We know it's going to be in San Francisco um, next year. So you kind of get the sense that you know it's been in Cleveland and Utah and Indianapolis and smaller cities recently but it's going to be probably a once every four or five years going forward. Once you once you do get those new arenas in, in smaller markets, their all star game, then it's going to start to shift to okay, kind of similar to the Super Bowl, where it's going to be right. in your your usual cities, and then oh, Milwaukee built a, a new stadium, or if if one goes up, just for example, in Utah and places like that, 
you'll see it there. But for the most part, it's it's I do believe it's going to be similar to how the Super Bowl is treated. All right. Well, Justin, thank you for your time. I know you're busy. We'll hear you. Uh, pre-game starts at 8.30, correct? Correct. All right. Well, we will be listening. Thanks a lot for your time. That's Justin Garcia. You can hear him on the Bucks pre- and post-game. You can hear him on Bucks Weekly. You can hear him graciously here with me. Uh, sometimes it's about basketball. Sometimes it's about fast food. Who knows? But let's do this because we got some business to take care of on WTMJ at night. More WTMJ at night up next. Laughs. This is WTMJ at night. All, all right, we can do laughs now. Uh, well, we were doing laughs with Justin. Justin's always uh, very accommodating and very gracious to come on with us, so we thank Justin. Uh, there's not going to be laughs now, Max. There's just going to be tears for everybody who is looking forward to going to Crusher Fest this year. Are you familiar with Crusher Fest? I am not. Oh, boy. It's South Milwaukee. It's canceled for this year. Um, it debuted in 2019. It celebrates Reggie De- De Crusher Lazowski. He was a professional wrestler. They unveiled a life-size bronze statue and, of him, and uh, then the festival was canceled due to COVID in 2020. Came back in 2023. It was supposed to happen again this year, but it's not. Um, all the organizers are saying, well, pardon me, we're just going to go to every other year because that's kind of how it started. So we're going to go to every other year. Plus, they were they hadn't cemented their wrestling celebrity appearances. In the past, they've had uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Cowboy Bob Orton, uh, Eric Bischoff, a lot more. So no Crusher Fest this year if you were making your plans. On the other side of the news, let's get mad at AT&T. Why not? We'll do that and more. But right now, at 7.30, it is time to go to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley standing by. Companies. Welcome back to WTMJ at Night. Jump in, join the program, won't you? 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. Uh, I'm not surprised listening to Wyatt's report on how poorly people are driving today because there's snow. And uh, despite the fact that uh, we live in Wisconsin, it's Milwaukee, um, it's February, we should have expected snow. People are like, oh, but yesterday was 60, so I'm still going to drive like the roads are perfectly fine. Please, and Wyatt said this, let me just reiterate what Wyatt said. Be careful out there. Pretend uh, it's uh, at Old Hill Street Blues. Let's be careful out there. So, yes, it's uh, it's slippery. It's just, just slow down. There's no way you have to be that fast. And this is coming from a guy who... Uh, speeds excessively. So, but even I slow down when it's nasty out. So take your time. Um, did you have any trouble getting in today, Max? No, thankfully I live downtown, so it's a quick drive for me. I don't have to get on any highways or anything like that. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice drive for me. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> it was a nice scenic drive. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a winter wonderland out there. Oh, sure. It's like living <laughs> in a snow globe. Exactly. Would want to live in a plastic dome, not sure. me. <laughs> Not me. Uh, I felt like I was cut off from the world yesterday, and so did a lot of other people, except for Max, who miraculously, his AT&T service kept on going. Maybe he just woke up when the, when it was all fixed. But at one point, 74,000 people were without service. Um, I mentioned at the start of the show, the phone call part didn't bother me, but it did bother a lot of people because especially 911 and emergency uh, services, they were getting... They were getting flooded with 
people trying to get a hold of it because a court, like I didn't I didn't mess with it, but on my phone, and I'm sure if you have AT&T, and if you do, if you do, if you have AT&T and you were affected, 855-616-1620, I'd like to hear if that outage made you reevaluate getting a landline at your house or how the outage affected you. And if you felt that AT&T was good about communicating it, which they were not. So, um... According to according to all the reports that are coming out today, you know, yesterday the big thing was, oh, is this a, some sort of hack? Is this a cyber attack? So far, everybody is saying, no, it doesn't appear that is the case. Now, the trusting, good-natured part of me, which is about half of a percent, wants to believe that. The other part that lives in the modern world and is uh, a tad paranoid thinks that, yes, there may have been something. But then I like the other theory. Hey, there were sunspots, solar flares. Maybe that had something to do with it. Solar flares messed up the cell system. They said, no, wasn't the solar flares. Well, what could it be? ATT said, well, it probably happened because um, we put in some updates and it really didn't... Uh, didn't work. We were trying to expand the network, and so we screwed up. It wasn't a cyber attack. Max, do you believe that kind of corporate speak? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm naive because I do. Because oh, that's not that's why I like you, but Max. They're, they're blaming themselves, I suppose. So, like, what would be the purpose other than telling the truth and saying that we kind of caused this? Maybe well, it was a cyber uh, attack, and that's what they're trying to cover it up. But other than that's, that, they see that's that to answer your question. <laughs> that's the exact point. If they admit, yes, we were cyber hacked. Uh, guess what? Today, everybody with an AT&T account is going somewhere else. If they go, well, we just screwed up and we fixed it. We're sorry. Like I got a text. I got a text from AT&T right before the show started, and it says, uh, "Hi, <laughs> hi, it's AT&T." We apologize for Thursday's outage, which may have impacted you. It did. As a valued customer, your connection matters, and we are committed to doing better. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Of course you're going to say that. You're going to say that even if you were hacked. But anyway, they say it was, they say it was their programming and things like that. Um, however, the FCC, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, they're not taking them at face value. They are all investigating to see whether this happened or not. Because, you know, if it was some sort of attack, that doesn't bode well for other cellular companies, communication companies. It's a little scary because I guess I, I don't think of myself as that connected to my phone. But it turns out I am. Like I mentioned, I needed ways yesterday to get me to where I needed to go. Um... I forgot that trying to text my wife wouldn't work. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't get a hold of her. And then because the phone didn't work, I couldn't call her. She had emailed me in the morning telling me that this was out. So while I was in the house, I don't have AT&T for my Internet, thank goodness. But as soon as I walked out the door and was on the deck, I lost all signal. So as long as before I left and I was in the house, I was able to uh, you know, communicate at least via email with my wife. So as I said, 74,000 people 
uh, more than that, were had reported the outage. So there may have been some more. Um, there had been sporadic outages during the week, including a temporary 911 outage in some parts of the southeast. AT&T is, uh, you know, they're saying we're going to do better. Uh, telecom industry analysts say that AT&T could potentially face fines over the 911 outages, although that isn't a certainty. It was Oklahoma City. They were saying they really, uh, you know, please don't use, don't use this. Chicago was doing this too. Don't call 911 to test your phone. Uh, use a landline or go to uh, find somebody who's got so another type, another carrier, and see if they will work. Um, San Francisco's Department of Emergency Management also went on X yesterday, X formerly known as Twitter, um, and said, uh, you know, go find somebody else that can help you. Call from a landline or find someone with a rival service if you need. Now, if you're in an emergency situation, are you just going to run up to people on the street? Hey, do you have Verizon? Hey, are you with T-Mobile? Hey, who are you with? Are you with Cricket? Who do you have? Why? What? No, go away. Nobody's going to give you their phone. And who has a landline anymore? That's the. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, we don't have a, a phone for all my life. I had a uh, landline. Up until this house, we always had a landline. We rarely, if ever, used it. So when we moved into this house, we were like, well, we, we don't need a landline. Why would we pay for that? We don't use it. But I'm wondering if other people are starting to think, hmm, maybe that landline thing just in case? I don't know. That's what they're saying for uh, people in rural areas. You know, to keep to try to keep a landline just for 911 emergencies, things like that. Uh, let's take a quick break. If you were affected yesterday, I'd love to hear from you. 855-616-1620. It's a WTMJ talk and text line. This is WTMJ at night. Don't go anywhere. WTMJ at night continues after this. You're listening to WTMJ at night. Oh my goodness, we're talking about AT&T and do you need a landline and uh, oh man, it was it was a nightmare for a lot of people yesterday. Imagine if you were an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, your whole existence is based on using your phone. Um if you are, you know, if you work as a salesperson, account exec, if you drive for uh, work and you're out of the office and you count on your cell phone, yesterday was a lost day for a lot of people. And there was some speculation in the press today that AT&T may have to give customers rebates based on what happened yesterday. So we'll see if that uh, comes to pass. From the 262, I don't have AT&T, but know many affected by the outages. And I observed that the actual outage in Milwaukee was early and short-lived, but many suffered longer than necessary because their phones got confused and needed to be rebooted or switched into and back out of airplane mode to force them to refresh, refresh ra rather their connections with the towers. That's something everyone should do with any phone when service is lost in order to best recover from either outage or simply being in a deep basement. Who's in a deep basement? Um, yeah, that, I hadn't heard that. Mine just seemed to, um, as I was as I was driving north, it was still out all the way through Milwaukee. Between Milwaukee and Green Bay, I got into a, uh, a couple temporary spots where I got into some network, but then those would leave again, 
And um, as I crossed into the UP, it was still out. Um, but when I got into when I got into the UP, I got another network. So it was very very spotty yesterday and very rough. Um, but I, my question was about uh, reevaluating the landline. And as much as I as much as I was upset yesterday, as all of us were with the outage, I still don't see that as a reason to go back to getting a landline. Now they uh, landlines obviously are. You know, a thing of the past, basically. Unless you're in an office setting or something like that. You don't have a landline, do you, Max? Oh, no, I haven't had a landline. I mean, I think my parents still have a landline, but I don't. Do they really? Have you ever used a landline since you've moved out of your parents' house? No, never. No, of course not. Nobody does. My daughter, who's uh, 27, she never has. I don't, I mean, she hasn't since she left us. I even think when, uh, you know... When she'd come home from college, even though we had a landline, she was wasn't like the old days where I would have to stretch the cord into uh, the bathroom so I could have a private conversation with the uh, phone. I had this I had this conversation with my mom the other day. Now my mom has a landline and she has you know a cordless setup, so she has like four phones around the house, and she also has her cell phone and. I bought her a new, she wanted a new set. So we got her one that has five phones. And she's like, I may have to see if I can get more phones. Like, how many phones do you need? Now, for reference, my mom does not live in some McMansion. She lives in a, a small split-level house that we all grew up in. Um, five, I, I had to go through it with her where the five phones would all, you know, fit. And how she she would be covered no matter where she was in the house. She was like, "Well, I was thinking of getting one in the bathroom. Um, if if I ever am on the phone with you and I can tell you're in the bathroom, that will be our last phone call." Max is a you're a different generation than me. To, uh, now I find talking to somebody in the bathroom despicable, disgusting, and completely inappropriate. I don't know how the young people feel. If I called you and you knew I was on the throne, would that bother you? Uh, it would certainly bother me, but I don't know if I would have the guts to like say something about it or, or bring it up. You'd tell everybody else, though, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, you, you won't believe what happened today. I was talking <laughs> to Brian. He was, he was on the John. I don't know what was going on. But no, I, I don't think I'd bring it up in conversation. I'd probably just ignore it for the rest of my life when talking to you. Yeah, but every time you heard my voice, you would also hear the uh, the ambient sounds yeah, that went with my the last echo. call. Echo, yeah, sure. <laughs> Echoes, <laughs> splashing, yeah. all sorts of horrible things. So, yeah, I, I told her, Ma, you, really, uh, you need to focus on one thing at a time. You, you definitely do not need a phone in the bathroom. Now, I have been in hotels, and I remember the first time I was in a hotel that had a phone in the bathroom, and I thought, man, this is high class. And it, but it was right by the toilet. And I'm like, who would I ever call? Like I was in, I stopped at a, uh, a gas station today on the way home and I went into the bathroom, restroom and some guy was on the phone in there and I'm like, dude, you're, and one, you can't help but over here because you're in an echoey bathroom in a gas station. Uh, it wasn't some, he wasn't a heart surgeon walking somebody through a life-saving procedure. He wasn't making a deal. He was just jibber-jabbering with somebody. And I'm like, take a break. You don't need to do that in here. All right, let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, not from talking on the phone in the bathroom, but setting ourselves up for this question. Uh, if you're arrested with a certain weapon, can you be 
immediately considered a domestic terrorist? I know people with uh, people who like guns are going to get very upset before they hear the story. But hold your horses. I will explain after this on WTMJ at night. WTMJ at night rolls on after this. WTMJ at night is back. Well, good news. Our texter from the 414 says, none of my phone calls or texts to your show have ever occurred while uh, using the toilet. That's good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we're going to have to get to this. We're going to have to get to this story, but uh, let, me t- let me give you two of the things that this story will contain, Max, and see if it piques your interest. Crack and a rocket launcher. <laughs> Does that pique your interest? It sounds like quite a story. That is a tease for After the News, which comes your way after this, because it's WTMJ at night. The day is done, and now that the sun is down, it's time for WTMJ at night. To kick off the show this evening, here's your host, Ryan Noonan. Welcome back. We are here until 8.30. Then it is Bucks at Timberwolves. Justin Garcia will have your pregame coming up right at 8.30. So let's get to it. Before the news, I gave what uh, a little tease about a story that contained crack and a rocket launcher. I'm in, I'm intrigued. Max was intrigued. Hopefully you're intrigued. Here's my question. Before I even tell you this story, does possession of any certain type of weapon uh, warrant a terrorism charge? Now, you may be thinking, what's he, what's he talking about, my hunting rifle? No, no, I think it'll become uh, very clear. This happened in Massachusetts. Uh, police there uncovered, a, a, uncovered crack cocaine and a U.S. Army rocket launcher when they searched a suspicious truck. All right, we'll stop right there. Rocket launcher is the weapon. Uh, now, I I am not anti-gun. I am uh, for sensible gun control. We've talked about that. I know people hunt. I know people have uh, guns in theory for protection. That's not the debate here. This isn't well. This shouldn't be a debate. Um, can you think of any reason why you would have a rocket launcher unless you are planning to do something heinous, which could be construed as counterterrorism? Max, I'm not a hunter. Are you a hunter? I am not. All right, but. Even as laymen, I think we could probably agree. If I were in the woods hunting a deer and I used a rocket launcher, I'm not going to have much meat left for backstraps. It's probably going to decimate anything. Uh, rocket launchers, listen, I've only seen them work in movies. They take down helicopters and tanks and all kinds of things. But... Uh, this happened, this happened yesterday. A detective searched a vehicle after spotting drug paraphernalia on the front seat. He was shocked to find an M190 launcher under the seat. Yeah, I, that's, that's a nice understatement. I was, I was a little confused. I hadn't uh, come across rocket launchers in my career yet. The detective said, once we were able to determine it was unloaded, we secured it. How do you determine it's unloaded? Without looking down the barrel of that, that's well. Then we search the rest of the vehicle, make sure there were no explosives or rockets or anything crazy like that. We asked the driver what he planned to do. Uh, he was pretty vague about his intentions. Mm-hmm. The driver uh, has been charged with possession of crack cocaine and possession control of an incendiary device. The M190 has been turned over to Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. 
Uh, can you make a case? Now, I listen, I know anytime you talk about uh, weapons, people start citing the Second Amendment. I don't think we can defend a rocket launcher in your truck. I just don't think so, especially when you're on crack. Because you're going to make a bad decision anyway. Well, you already did. You're on crack. But then you're, you know, you're on crack. You can't get more crack. And you go, how am I going to get more crack? I'm going to blow something up with my rocket launcher. Not good. Not good at all. So there you go. There was the big, uh, the big rocket launcher story. I can't. Where do you even get a rocket launcher? I guess that's going to be. I guess that's going to be what they're investigating. Where do you get a rocket launcher? What are you going to do with a rocket launcher? The crack, the crack at this point seems almost like a misdemeanor. It's a minor charge. Because you got a, you got a guy who's carrying around a rocket launcher. Oh, well. All right, so this came out yesterday from Forbes. Forbes, you know, Forbes pretty reliable as far as journalism go goes. Well, they put out a list of cities with the worst drivers. And if you bet, well, if you listen to Wyatt's traffic report, you may be saying, well, Brian, Milwaukee has to be number one then tonight. We're crashing into everything. We're sliding around. We're doing donuts on the interstate. This is not good. Um, no, Milwaukee is not, is not number one. But guess what? Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee is in the top 20. Milwaukee is 19th on a list of cities with the worst drivers. Uh, this is according to stats that uh, Forbes put together from the uh, National Traffic Safety Administration and the U.S. Census Bureau from 2017 to 2021. So um, we are 19th with the worst drivers because Milwaukee saw an average of 10.97, almost 11 fatal car accidents per 100,000 residents, saw an average of uh, three fatal accidents involving drunk drivers, Nothing on here has any information about uh, rocket launchers or crack, but uh, that's good. So now here's the other, here's the top 10 since Milwaukee came in at 19th. Tampa is number 10. I've driven in Tampa. They're bad. Fort Worth, Texas, Phoenix, Louisville, Dallas. Now, see, I've driven in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and it didn't seem worse than anywhere else. Kansas City is number five, Tucson, Arizona, number four, Detroit is number three, and Memphis is number two. The number one city with the worst drivers is Albuquerque, New Mexico. I don't know why that is. I've been to, uh, I've been to Albuquerque. Now, they had the highest number of fatal car accidents involving distracted drivers, um, 5.42 per 100,000 residents, ranked third for total number of fatal car accidents. Um, Albuquerque had the sixth highest number of fatal accidents involving drunk drivers in the study. So that's why, that's why they ranked so high. Uh, I would have definitely put New Orleans in the top 10. New Orleans drivers, I have a theory because I've spent a lot of time in New Orleans. New Orleans drivers drive as bad as they do because all over the city, there are billboards from attorneys and legal firms saying, in a wreck, get a check. So everybody in New Orleans is driving like they want to get in a wreck so they can get a check. Um, I don't know. But the reason I bring that up, not only to shame us here in Milwaukee for being 19th, uh, which, come on, we got to do better. Gotta, but 
you know, reckless driving around here is crazy. Uh, drunk driving around here is crazy. So uh, once again, Wyatt gave good advice tonight. Some of you are not going to listen to it. Tonight is a good night to drive carefully. Every night actually is. Um, now, there's going back to the rocket launcher story from the 262, what's even more shocking is there's probably a bunch of people out there who think the guy should have a right to possess a rocket launcher as long as he doesn't use it nefariously. There's no other way to use a rocket launcher. I'm telling you, that's it. You're up to no good. All right, the reason I brought up the driving is because, Max, you might want to mark the tape. I know we don't use tape, but pretend we pretend it's old school and there's a reel-to-reel player in there, and I want you to mark the tape because I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think I agree with Ron DeSantis. I know. Sit down, relax, catch your breath. I'll explain why after this. It's WTMJ at night. More WTMJ at night up next. Play. WTMJ at night is back. All right, we've got Bucks basketball coming up very, very soon. But I did say, this is, uh, it almost hurts me to say it, that I may agree with Ron DeSantis. And this is why, because Florida has passed a bill to ban left lane driving with just a few exceptions. And man, oh man, I wish, now eight other states already do. Wisconsin is not one of them. Uh, We need to get on this. But here's the deal. So... I can't be the only one who is always upset by people who just camp out in the left lane. They drive under the speed limit. Most of them are on phones or whatever they're doing. They're not paying attention, so they're in the left lane, and then you're stuck because uh, trucks now are doing three lanes. Today, I was on the interstate. All four lanes had trucks in them, which I didn't think you were allowed to do, but anyway. So... According to a state senator in Florida, he said, if someone in the left lane is going slower and you pass them on the right, you're creating an infraction and you can get ticketed. Yeah, right? So this new house bill in Florida, drivers on the road, street, or highway with two or more lanes where the speed limit is at least 65 miles an hour may not operate a motor vehicle in the furthermost left-hand lane except when overtaking and passing another vehicle when preparing to exit, or when otherwise directed by an official traffic control device. Yay. They have high occupancy lanes down there, like carpool lanes, so those aren't affected by this. Anybody found to be in violation of the law would face fines for a moving violation, fines up to $158. Um, There is an exception for authorized emergency vehicles and vehicles engaged in highway maintenance, which makes perfect sense. Uh, The measure is... supposed to improve highway safety. They said in Florida last year they had 247 instances where people were either incapacitated or deaths that happened from improper passing on the right-hand side on someone's blind side. Now, they're saying that the governor hasn't signed this bill yet, but he probably will. Uh, Eight other states where it is illegal to drive in the left lane except for turning or passing. Those states are Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and West Virginia. I think this is a fantastic idea. The problem is enforcement of this. Because right now, trucks aren't supposed to be in the left lane on a four-lane highway. They they are. People aren't supposed to be driving under the speed limit. They are. Um, So, yeah, it's a great idea, but we don't have the, the manpower 
to enforce any of this. But I don't know, Max, I don't know. I don't know. I know you live downtown. It's a short drive to work. When you get on the highway, are you, would you consider yourself a passive or an aggressive driver? He's thinking about it. He doesn't know. That's all right. I am a, I, I am a self-admitted aggressive driver. Um, but I also try to follow the rules. But I find myself, and maybe you do too, having to pass on the right, whether it's one lane or going over two lanes to pass, because today it was, today it was outrageous. Everybody I passed, and I wish I was being hyperbolic, but I am not. Everybody I passed was on their phone which made me had to have to look up is using a handheld phone illegal in Wisconsin and uh no it's not it's not unless you're in a construction zone or you're learning and on a provisional license so all these people were on their handheld phones they were looking down at their phones and they're camping out in the left-hand lane because they have the rumble strips if they go too far to the left, they know they have to get back on. Where in the other lanes, they're just going to drift into traffic. So the left lane has become the de facto lane for people who are not focusing on driving. So I think if Wisconsin looks into something like this, it would be great. Uh, I don't know. You know, we've got, there's the whole ride through Wisconsin from Kenosha or, uh, yeah, Kenosha, all the way up past Green Bay into Marinette and going across to Menominee, I think I saw two or three police officers. They were in unmarked cars, and they were looking for speeders. So I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know if we have enough people to try to get this done. But uh, all right, Ron DeSantis, it's in your court. You can do one thing that I agree with. That will not offset the balance that uh, that you've had, but... You know, you could try. Let's do this, and then we'll come back and start wrapping it up. It's WTMJ at night. More WTMJ at night up next. Back to the laughs. This is WTMJ at night. A couple more minutes before we get to uh, Bucks basketball. Uh, we were talking about the cities with the worst drivers, and Albuquerque's number one from the 262. Albuquerque has too many impaired drivers going fast in big pickups that hit others in much lesser vehicles and cause tragic results. I, I'm trying to remember if I saw a ton of uh, big trucks when I was down there. Probably it's the uh, it's the Southwest. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, vehicles with truck nuts on them. Max, you don't have truck nuts on your car, do you? <laughs> no, and if I see that, I immediately lose all respect for you. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, trust me, I don't have them. I saw a video today on uh, Instagram. It was a kid, a little kid, like two or three, and he had Crocs on, and they had little truck nuts on the back. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, boy, you have, you have really humiliated your child putting those on. Uh, putting those. I remember the first time I saw those, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, here's a little. All right, as we go into the weekend, hopefully you're driving carefully. Hopefully you don't get stopped by the police. I was as the as the kids like to say on the social media. I was this many days old when I found this out. Have you ever noticed when you're watching a movie, or maybe you've seen it in real life, that if you get stopped by the police and they walk up, they touch the back of your car? In the movies, they do it all the time. Well, this started off uh, as a debate on TikTok 
Why do police touch the back of your car? Max, do you have a guess in the last minute of the program? I, I absolutely have no idea, and I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't either, but according to all the responses from law enforcement, it is a thing. As they're approaching your car, they touch the back of it to leave their fingerprints on your car. So in case something were to happen to the officer or you took off with the car or whatever, it they have proof that they were somewhere near that car. Um, a state trooper said that when a law enforcement officer conducts a traffic stop, there are plenty of procedures that need to be done, not only for the safety of the violator, but for the safety of the officer. One of those things is proving that the officer was with the car. So when officers approach a vehicle, they touch the rear of it. One of the reasons is to make sure the trunk is closed so nobody's going to jump out and start blasting. The other one is uh, put the op- to put the fingerprints on there. So there you go. Um, in case the driver decided to flee the scene or if something happened to that officer, it ties both the vehicle and the officer together. The video has been watched millions of times, hundreds of viewers uh, coming into the comments sharing their thoughts most of them law enforcement one comment i'm a law enforcement student in arizona we were taught to do that not only for the fingerprint but to make sure the back is closed we also do it to make sure the trunk is closed so no one pops out to shoot us holy cow so there you go there's a little a little extra knowledge you can use that at a party maybe while you're watching the bucks game during a commercial break you go hey ask if anybody you know knows that uh Anyway, we got to get out of here. Bucks basketball coming up next. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week right here on WTMJ.